The opinions expressed on this podcast should be construed only as the opinions of the respective opiners, and some content may not be appropriate for little dragons. Discretion <laughs> is advised. I can't never stop working hard. I can. Each day I feel I have to improve. But you don't. <laughs> hard work. <laughs> Determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Hello and welcome to Haya, the only podcast that's broadcast for the badass with a brain and hopefully a sense of humor. <laughs> Episode 53, recorded August 3rd, starts now. No, I said it starts now. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like, like right now? Hiya, bitches. That's okay. We can excuse Craig for being a little rusty. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. But as you can tell from the sounds that are entering your ear holes right now, we are back. I have risen from the ashes once again. Your host, Dave Jones. The Phoenix. Yep. <clears throat> Veteran co-host, Craig Akisling is back. Hiya, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and back from California, uh, occasional co-host, Aaron Jay Martin. Hello, everyone. Yep. What's that J for? Jehoshaphat? <laughs> no, just Joe. <laughs> <Okay>. J-O-E. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really, we are back. And uh, back in I'll apologize Santa. to everyone out there in listener land. These are just going to be intermittent for a while. Um, brutal. I'm, I'm all Hollywood is the problem. <laughs> you are. You yeah. are so Hollywood. Oh, it's so fucking glamorous. I come home every night after 12, 13 hours away from the house and I have to stand outside on the porch and chip the loose sheetrock mud off of me before I can even come in. Because, you know, the baby is crawling like a bugger now. Mm-hmm. And he will creep over and pop those little bits of sheetrock uh, in the mouth. right in the mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you, though? They look I mean, like aspirins to him. So, well, I got a headache. Let me get one of those. <laughs> um, and the problem is you can't just pop one, you know. No, no. You got to eat them all. <laughs> yeah, once right. you get started. <laughs> And then you form a, a sort of a joint compound clot in your intestines. Mm-hmm. You blow up like a giant balloon. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> but those sets never looked so fantastic. Nah. Well, don't get too close. <laughs> as long as it plays for the camera. But anyway, yeah, that's that's my excuse. And that and having another brand new baby around the house. And uh, on that note, it may get noisy in here, folks. We do what we mm-hmm. can, but there ain't no door on the high yacht studio. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sometimes people walk in and say, hi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's so cute, and he already has the kung fu grip. Hey. Yeah, and he will get a hold of your nipple yeah. or your chest Your hair, face. Your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get a hunk of cheek and just mm-hmm. run with it. He mm-hmm. came in with that technique. Mm-hmm. No, I saw him crawling towards me, and that's why I went to run. And <laughs> well, he can get a hold of your face, not mine, brother. <laughs> Comparatively, Olin was kind of a mellow baby, and now this one? Hmm. Oh, I'm so in trouble. It's like me coming from my history to get me. Exactly. <laughs> that is Cycle a scary continues. thought. Ah, so Craig, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of high eye. Mm-hmm. Well, not so much in the uh, podcasting arena, obviously, but just uh, been teaching my kung fu, watching my little kid grow and getting her ready for school and uh, the usual. 
Just whooping it out. Yeah, the big ones are going off to school now. Hey, I tell you, I'd be out of the woods if I wasn't an idiot. Yeah, but <laughs> we know. So Craig has proven himself conclusively smarter than Dave. Hey, <laughs> well, I think that's actually Umpire's fault. You know, she's you know she smarted she's got you that. up exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a good show planned for you here today. Um, before I even tell you what's in this show. I do want to mention something. I know you guys out there in listener land love the interviews we do, and we love doing those interviews, but with the intensity of my current schedule, which is literally 80-plus hours a week, and then I'll get a couple of days off, and uh, yeah, I know, weenie. I'll get a couple of days off, and you know everything I haven't done for the family in the house just rushes in and overwhelms that, which is cool. You know, I'm not complaining about my lot in life, but uh, I'm just yeah, telling yeah. you why the, the podcast is going to be different for, for now. So we won't be doing many interviews while I'm in this cycle. <laughs> Lots of discussion topics. And uh, one of the things I want to point out, Kiro Lanceberger, listener, uh, sent us an email. We're going to do some uh, mailbag later. This one won't be in there because I lost it. But I remember what it said. So I'm going to go ahead and get it on record before I forget. And uh, topic coming up will be relationships and martial arts. How- What's a relationship? No, no. How being a martial artist affects relationships. Uh-huh. No, you're supposed to say, what's a relationship again? <laughs> <laughs> what relationship? Exactly. So, uh, so listeners, I want you to help me out. I have scarce little production time to do this and prepare for it. So send me your stories of how martial arts have affected your relationships, either positively or negatively. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, I'm looking for Platonic or romantic or or whatever. Exactly. And uh, I'm going to say for the first, oh, let's say five listeners that send me a good story. Yeah. I'm going to send them a Hi-Ya sticker. Hi-Ya! That's right. We got them. That'll stick on you. We got them now. (laughs) Coming in. Uh, I, and I wouldn't announce another high eye branded product uh, until I actually had held one in my hot little hand. <laughs> yeah, you remember the T-shirt. I do remember the T-shirts. Um, I did. can attest Dave does have them. He's already. Um, Craig has already been dropped upon. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this will be coming out. And frankly, I'm not trying to you know make a bunch of money on these. I, I'll just give them away to you guys. But you got to give back first. That's right. <laughs> it got to taste some work. Yeah. So I know you're out there. Help promote the show and help make the show by sending in uh, your stories about how being a martial artist has affected your relationships. I think that'll be a fun one. We'll try to have some cool guests on and uh, and input from you. That being said, oh, and by the way, thank double, triple thanks to Ryan Lindsay for uh, helping out with the stickers and also submitting news for us today. He sent us wow. several news stories to choose from. Thanks, Ryan. That's awesome. For the anchor Craig to step in. <laughs> and uh, as always, he helps out with the show notes and all of that stuff. So, uh, boy, he's, uh, he's uh, taking a larger and larger percentage of being responsible for keeping this thing on the air. So thanks to him. All right, God, is that enough bullshit? What is that, 10 minutes? How about a Judy chop to the throat? No, it's only like seven minutes of bullshit. All right. (laughs) Let's get on to uh, what's going on with this show. Hey. First off, we got a discussion topic. Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. What are we going to talk about? What do you think we're going to talk about? We're going to try to go back, and this is something that elements of have been sprinkled throughout the podcast, but we thought it might be neat because I know Craig works on this a lot. I work on this a lot. I think Aaron works on this a lot. But what we're going to talk about is how you take specific techniques and work them, vary them, generalize them out until they become principles. 
because we've talked about technique versus principle. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the specific nitty gritty and getting from A to B. Right. So not just becoming a you know quick reaction type of thing, but how it can become a variety of different things and looking into the very specifics right. on how you do that. Any technique when you first learn it, somebody's going to say, "I will do A." You respond with technique T. B. Or <laughs> right. right. <laughs> And we all know reality doesn't work that way. And I think too many things bog down in sort of the fantasy land of just that first, I will feed you, you eat. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a great first step, but what about the following steps? Well, shit, before we pry the lid off that can, I'll go ahead and say we also have news, which I was hinted at, and Mm. we have mailbag coming up. Excellent. Which was hinted at. So let's take a deep breath let's go dust off the seat cushions and the strippers in the champagne lounge because it's been a while that's a deep breath brother. yeah the wine only gets better though true indeed <laughs> and we will be right back with the rest of the shoe ow <laughs> all right folks we're back <clears throat> yeah after dave just about gave me a heart attack there i appreciate yeah. it static static well you're scared to fight i'm very scared to fight you should be all right then <laughs> um ah sip of water catching a little static on my end anyone else Mm-mm. it's my cord it's my headphones probably never mind okay is it bothering you no, I just want to make sure it's not getting into the uh, feed there. I'm not hearing anything. Okay, so cool. We're good. Good deal. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> prepare to fight. There you go, Craig. <laughs> now, yeah, actually, this time I was a little bit more prepared. So. You are prepared to fight yeah. this time. Good. Okay, we'll take it from here then. Um, <clears throat> so our topic today is uh, transitioning. How, how do you take a technique when you learn a technique? And expand it into something that counts as a principle that you can use in a variety of situations and uh, against a person who's not spoon feeding you. So from newbie to how to become a master. (laughs) Well, you know, I think this is one of the strongest elements in what people, some people call mastery. Yeah. Mastery is versatility with your tools. So any technique is a tool and being able to use them in a versatile and imaginative. Yes. Way is uh, is kind of what puts you over that edge from journeyman into, you know, yeah. oh, oh that, that dude or that chick, she's got it, you know. I think you, you hit on a great word there was the idea of tool, because oftentimes in martial arts, we'll use that phrase that you'll hear in construction sites or whatever, too, the right tool for the right job, right? And too often times we get caught up thinking this move against that kind of move, but we're looking at how to take it to the next level, 
this principle against that principle. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and how for to, instance, you know, a, a, a master carpenter doesn't carry a different hammer for every different kind of nail he's going to drive. Exactly. He knows how to make do he, with what he's got. Yeah. He might have two or three for different types of jobs, but he, you know, he makes do with what he's got, like Craig said. So let's start out just looking at, you know, what, what is a basic technique? A punch. It, yeah. A punch, a kick, anything that you're doing. Uh, let's let's just assume you're past the point of just doing it as a form on the air. Well, you want to pick a, pick a something simple that we can all kind of relate to that we can use as an example to go back to when we're talking about this? Or? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, I could throw out single changes. And boy, that's I've been concentrating a lot of effort there lately. You could throw that out. However, does everybody on here know what a single change is? You might want to describe it for our non-Bagua people yeah okay uh single change and gal style there's two single changes one goes inside one goes outside and it's basically just a way of turning around and staying active hitting or deflecting or whatever at the same time right. but they're two set techniques they okay. really they, you know there's little variations but they're basically it's one technique to go one way one technique to go the other way and when he says inside and outside he's talking about the circle that you're walking around Right. So if someone is at the center of the circle, you could turn inside or outside relative to whatever they're throwing at you. Right. right. You, you go right or left. There's only two ways to turn around, <laughs> folks, and this covers oh, them both. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, like for us, uh, you know, my Northern Shaolin class, when we talk about inside and outside, it's obviously not talking about palm changes, uh, but rather if you have two arms up, you know, sticking out, whether we're going to the outside of the elbow or body or to the inside up towards the torso. Yeah. yeah and that's the confusing thing because the inside and outside palm change can be done inside or outside. <laughs> exactly. Of the body, right? But here we're getting into already what to we're the talking subject about. that we're talking about, how you expand on it. So if you don't mind, we'll just run with this Do example it. and and feel free to give counter counter examples from different arts. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. Uh, you learn to do the single palm chain. You do them on the circle. You go back and forth. You learn to connect them to each other. I think right there, if we're let's isolate it to form for a second. Yes. Why don't you talk about what that Transition. means to connect it to each other? Because especially some of our cats who might be into more of a grappling art, yeah. uh, the same can be said for this. Um, it's all yeah, about flow from one technique to the other. Exactly. Or one technique continually being done over and over without stopping and going okay i've done that once let me reset and do it again right, doing it without the reset involved. exactly so again i think <laughs> it's a good example here because with bagua with these two techniques it's like the solid and broken line right mm-hmm. you're just varying the binary on off on off mm-hmm. or whatever open closed mm-hmm. inside outside mm-hmm. left right yeah. right and so you can do that in several ways you can connect two insides you can connect two outsides. You can connect an inside to an outside or an outside to an inside. David's also hinting yeah, at what all of his students or even friends who have ventured into his class call hell. <laughs> they because hate the inside, outside. He, <laughs> inside, inside, outside. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't stop there. He just keeps going well, with it. You that, know. <laughs> that's the thing. If, if you connect them in any odd combination, then you'll change direction. Once you find so, that flow, it's super fun. Right. Exactly. And it really is. The hardest thing people have is realizing they're two separate techniques. You connect them together, but that's really all there is. Yeah. But you can make it look really fancy if Mm -hmm. you know how to connect them. But let's kind of get this back on track here. Yeah. Back Um, to a more granular level. Well, I think with the whole connecting techniques thing, Mm -hmm. um, especially for me training the gal on my own, I played with various combinations. Like you can go 
the way that you're trained to progress to the through the system, or you could go one to the other spontaneously. There you go. Going along with like the order from the I Ching, or going along with the uh, with the octave order, and so on. But basically, what I think what that taught me was again, you know, you're always saying relax and don't hold yourself too hard because if you're trying to transition from two techniques that aren't you know, maybe one ends high and the next one starts low. You got to, you got to figure out that transition yeah, and you got to be soft enough to change your position. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're actually going for that feeling of flow. Yeah. yeah. And one of the hardest things to get across, which I love just the binary inside outside change drills for is to get people to continue moving because mm-hmm. everybody, you know, we all think about rooting in martial arts and everybody yeah. early on translates that as as soon as you make contact with somebody, you glue yourself to the ground as hard as you can yeah which is super hard punch or whatever it is and then it stops i'm like no yeah (laughs) and you get your ass kicked exactly (laughs) so let's say uh both from a technique and a basic application side step one towards Mm -hmm. moving a basic technique into utility and universality is to do it a lot do it a lot both sides and learn to do it continuously Mm -hmm. find the flow and, you know, it's going to take, depending upon um, what technique and whatever, if you're just working on that one thing, continuation, flow, That's as your I mean, main variable, yeah. then to be relaxed or whatever. Or if it, if it, you know, if you're doing a karate style that involves using your muscle for this block and whatever, fine, do it, but only when it's necessary. Make sure you're relaxed enough to, in order to flow right. and change. Occasionally you have to have to set, right? But mm-hmm. if you set for too long, then anybody you with any jacked. skill will figure <laughs> out exactly where you're at and take advantage of yeah. it. So by continuously, I mean moving through it and on to the next thing, here's, here's which some, is easy to do with form. You don't even have to do a ton of hands-on to get that basic idea. Exactly. And this is this is kind of goes into that weird area where we're coming you know, from a traditional uh, TCMA or a Chinese uh, thing, um, but it's that one of those weird ways where we do kind of say that form work can enhance your fighting ability. Um, now, because you become fluent and fluid and all the stuff that we're going to talk about. One of the aspects I think that goes in even before doing it a bunch and finding the flow is this is difficult for some people is learning to look in the mirror first for a minute, look at your own reflection and seeing where that is in space and learning how to visualize an opponent in front of you. Um, It sounds obvious and common sense, but for some people it's difficult. You you just can't see it, and it's not realistic enough Mm -hmm. for your spacing, for your timing and all that. Yeah, that takes a little bit of work, but once you're there, you're golden. Yeah, and one could argue that a great supplement to help that happen in forms practice is to actually have another person (laughs) that feeds you stuff at mm-hmm. the basic level so you can start visualizing you can you can practice something basic a basic technique enough to where you not only have to constantly think about what you're doing but where their but body you can is start looking at where their body is one way of connecting this stuff and starting to branch it out and see how a technique can grow into something larger is once you've got it dialed into yourself by simple repetition simple feeding then you start having someone, it's like, okay, I'm going to keep throwing the right fist, but I'm going to step forward with the left leg, and mm-hmm. then the next time I may step forward with the right leg. Right. It can really change the dynamic, especially something that's moving and has, has footwork to and just maybe, make little variations like that and let you take the time to become aware of them and, and learn how the same technique, here's where it starts to broaden, exactly. the same technique will work on the variation. 
or you don't me, have to change it right right and i i don't even consider them at the, at a certain level to be techniques but rather body movements um that become techniques based on the principles that are coming in at you and one of the things you know like you were saying with the footwork yeah maybe there's a step across as in i take a step forward but then oftentimes there could also be this almost shingy or bagua step where it's just a shuffle set the same right. foot that forward step. just lunges forward a little bit mm-hmm. or right. lateral step. Well, just for the sake of uh the the pedagogy we're looking at here yeah. let's try to keep the examples running from simple towards that, that. instead of kind of because you you, you were obviously showing how it's two sides of a coin right. that's a feedback thing that happens but let's take that for granted and let's try to go from a to z and let, let me throw this in as an maybe not a point on an a to z but an you know kind of a point outside that needs to be there regardless of what you're talking about is when you're talking about doing all these variations and stuff you're going to talk about big numbers of repetitions and you can get bored and you can end up getting a little bit mindless and what i'm referring to is you got to stay on point you have to be in the game the entire time because if you are awesome finally at seeing um visualizing your opponent or you know it's most obvious when you actually have a partner there you do this one technique, but you're not realizing your head is way too close to his other fist. And because right. he's your partner and he's willing and whatever, he's not smacking you upside the head. But in real life, you're done. Yeah, you're and you, you have to be aware where they are. And if you're mindful, you'll self-correct much quicker and you'll learn the basics much more quickly mm-hmm. if you're taking note of things like, all right, I did everything with my hands right. Why is my head right here and he's headbutting me in the temple? <laughs> exactly. My footwork screwed up, mm-hmm. you know, and then you or go back and you look at it. Well, what or are you? Yeah, you know what? What was the error? Compare it to the form. Compare it to the example you were given by your teacher or whatever, mm-hmm. and then move forward from there. So that's another great way that people can start self-correcting or being corrected and moving this out and broadening it. Yes, right. right. And a great like, you know, if you're a teacher, a good homework assignment for your students, especially if they're like hungry for new forms new form new form is just like you know take what you know and stretch it out like what happens when you give yourself these other variables or as a student like take the forms that you do know and keep yourself from getting bored mm-hmm. by imagining these other yeah situations. this goes into something i actually give to or my students at a certain level learning. we call it going work and we had an episode about this way back but we just talked on the generalities rather than specific today but is literally taking one move and you know it's a requirement they have to become quote unquote a master of this one move they self-selected and they ask how to do it and i have a list of you know like three pages think about this think about this think about this but i want only thinking about this one aspect but do a thousand repetitions only focusing on this next only on this and that's what i hope that we're uh, we're getting into yeah and, and great repetition is awesome but one thing i will tell students i'll say do i do it this way or and they're nitpicking i can tell they're right. nitpicking and i say i tell you what do it different every time just don't violate the principles there you yeah. go and that makes them think about okay what at its core makes this technique what it, it is yeah <clears throat> what makes it it and what can i change without changing the it? technique yeah mm-hmm. and there's a ton of things you can change i literally i strive <clears throat> To at this point in my practice, and especially because I don't have a ton of practice time anymore, mm-hmm. uh, I try never to do anything the exact same way twice. I want mm. every 
point in practice to be a snowflake. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Love it's like if I realize I'm in a rut practicing single changes and I've done five minutes and I'm like, oh, those last two were exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I'm going to picture something different in my head and see how that changes right. the technique that I'm working on to drop back to the initial example. Which, to be honest, is I, I think that's slightly more advanced. I think it's easier to do you know, once you're on repetition 100 or something, or once you found that flow more and less, you know, if you're just now learning the form, it's hard to do that because, you well, know. The thing is, they're all going to be different anyway. Of course. And what I'm trying to get people to track on here is make it different while keeping what makes it the it. principle. And now I think that, that is core. kind of a basic thing that makes people sort of drill down and go, okay, what is it about it? Is it moving exactly like Dave does? If he's showing no, me the technique, right, I get you. No, it's not. But what is he doing? His body weight shifts forward. His foot turns in right. his shoulders and hips stay together. You know? And that. then yeah. <laughs> where my arm is, they'll see variation. His arms up high, his arms down low, his arms doing something a little different, but all that other stuff mm-hmm. is consistent from one time it's, to the next. it's a tough thing but it is awesome uh, you know i hear that all the time in class when i'm when it's application time yeah and i'm telling my students I, this is the application we're simply working this one kind of thing and i see them oftentimes get so stuck on trying to replicate my body or think about the end result too we're much all different and i'm like dude i'm just <laughs> yeah. doing the form here and and the general principle check this out and i'll do this and it's different I, you know i'll do something off the cuff and they're like oh wait a minute is this a new application I'm like no, brother, look what I'm doing. You, you watch the flow. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. It's just I reacted to a different body type, a different timing. The guy right. threw a punch quicker than he did last time. It's different. Right. You know? it's, it, it's being able to react that way, and that's what we're looking at trying to develop. It is, it is tricky, yeah. um, but it's, it's awesome. Well, like, I love your, your idea about or comment about like looking in the mirror and using mm. your body as a reference, and then like really taking that to your own you know, shadow boxing when you're training your forms, like imagining a body there. Exactly. And then internally, and even, I guess, when you're thinking about your opponent, that whole six harmonies things, and that's, again, this is like an internal uh, concept, but it's it no, applies it's to anything. Yeah, it's so Chinese. It yeah, he's going off at last episode. Oh, right. It does <laughs> I got drunk and was like, fuck internal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. I mean, it applies to everything. It's about, like, using your body efficiently so that your structure is solid i think he's referring to the three you know, external so, harmonies just yes, yeah. three yeah. joints so yeah. basically your hand to your feet your knee to your uh, elbow and your shoulder to your hand right right yeah and and being able to root and move at the same time is literally just understanding that <clears throat> if it all stays together while you move then it's all still rooted right and it's not like you have to jump from one root to the next right while you're moving right and again, that sounds like a, a high-end concept. It's not. It's something you start learning early on, but it takes a long time to develop. It, it, it's high-end because it's just it's hard to physically grasp and to make it express through right. your own body. It's it, it's a little bit tricky because it's hard right. to put into words what you really mean. When it can it can you know for me, I know when I started it, it it I got all like woo-woo at first i'm like how how do i figure out this mysterious connection between my hands and my feet you know (laughs) it's like you had to ask the jaden is connected to all of them Mm -hmm. and that's what you really you know that's the structure you want to maintain or you think about like um what's it called uh like cross-country skiing you're almost forced to keep those 
Yeah. You know, if you're going to move Think about the planet sucking you down. There's only a finite number of ways you can keep that from happening. And I got to say, audience, it was too bad. You guys couldn't see Aaron actually demonstrating cross-country skiing as he's talking about it. It was also a 90s dance move. Yeah. It's All right. So before we move on, I want to move this into where we're focusing more on how you develop this contact with other people and that sort of stuff. But while we're still mostly talking about form variations and again we'll go back to the example i started using and then branch out from yeah it's good single idea. changes the connection between the two when you learn how to seamlessly connect two techniques that cover two sides of a spectrum because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff like that in there uh uh aaron just got to to learn the boss show from our shingy right. system oh, cool. this Finally. weekend yeah <laughs> yeah and there's a couple of moves in there you got the first one that looks like you know like uh, needle at sea bottom looks like scrape needle, needle at sea bottom, bottom. Right. chicken yeah. yeah right it's a big chop yeah <laughs> it's <laughs> a big chop big <laughs> chop and then throw everything up mm-hmm. um and then we were using another one as a counterpoint to that kind of like if their hand goes above this height then go how to adjust way. right and so by tying those two techniques together, if you wind up in the exact same position and a fairly standard position, which is bridging contact with someone's yeah. arm, if their arm goes down, if you're connected, you'll fire it one Go way. Yeah. If their arm goes up, if you're connected, you'll fire the other technique off because it's the variation of the same principle that works. I can see the waist turning one way and waist turning another. And the for, same thing yeah. with the with the single change. You know, it's like I need to go this way to make this work, so I do this. I need to go that way to make it work, right. so I do that. Right. Where's the but they're opening? connected <laughs> seamlessly, and you could fire either one from the same point in space. And I think I think something you just touched on, which which I absolutely love because my students get tired of he- hearing it. It's my own little. Uh, branded TM phrase I always you know yell at my students and I say the magic is in the transitions it is yes. not about the postures bro right. it's not about that it's how you right. get from one to the next right and a lot of that is not clearly defined yeah you'll see them in the forms they're, they're fun little you know thing you run through but it's when we're talking applications how you seamlessly move from one move to the next you know you got to do this posture because it's where you break his arm or or pick him up and throw him down whatever it might be but how you do it seamlessly, yeah, you know, keep moving, right? The That's one thing I like about our system is there's a built-in portion of it that is training you to hit that guy, then hit this guy, not mm. fight that guy, right? Hit him, move, hit him, move, hit him, go back and forth, go to the third person. Sometimes it might be a stick and groove. It depends on how hot they <laughs> hit are. Him, you move, know, stick and groove. You know, <laughs> <laughs> nice. We have our own little poem going. Hey, uh, yeah, the beat poetry section is coming up later. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so all right, I think we've covered a lot there. Um, when you start moving into doing it with other people, that's when it gets interesting. Let's pull it back to the basics to start this. You know, you're you're first crossing hands with another person with your brand new shiny technique. Mm. Uh, the other person should probably be feeding you exactly what they say they're going to feed you. And not with too much resistance or power or anything like that. Right. You know, obviously, within the learning phase, you don't want to be a douche. Early on, you know, you'd be like, well, this shit wouldn't work if somebody was really trying to hit me. No, at your level of skill, it would not right. work. So if you want to learn and pick up to that point, it's not going to take you 10 years if you practice hard. <laughs> you can be good at this next week. Right. <laughs> but start here. You know, let somebody feed you the punch, let it hang out there for a minute. And the problem with this drill is so many clubs, I, I guess they're just started by people who didn't get past it themselves or, or are so defensive about their material. They don't want anybody stealing any of their thunder. 
<laughs> that they will keep that stuff under wraps. And I, that's more of a traditionalist thing, I think, than a you know, what do you, mixed martial arts. Or what whatever, is he getting but, at? Right. What's he getting at? I'm just saying, you Holding see a, a lot of the flack that, that the kind of stuff we do traditional martial arts takes is because people will throw videos up on YouTube, and they're obviously just doing this. Oh, and right. yeah, real cheesy, fed, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. That's like watching somebody. It's like watching a baby learn how to get this onesie off and right. actually or take a learn your ABCs right. in <laughs> yeah. you know, preschool. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but I must agree with a lot of the, the naysayers out there. You know, if you're going to be putting up YouTube, especially on this is how we fight, uh, have a good selection, bro. You know, not the most difficult to pull off thing, you know, not the most flowery. Something fairly, you know, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the point I'm making here is uh, start simple. Yes. And that's when you look at yourself. That's your self mirror. You know, you mm. know exactly what's coming at you. So see if I step a little wider. What happens if I step a little longer, if I move my hand a little quicker than my foot, if I move my foot a little quicker than my hand, you really have to be constantly experimenting. Otherwise, you're doing repetitions that really aren't going towards skill. Right. And again, with a partner, you know, one thing I always say, and unfortunately, I got to keep telling my students this all the time is, you know, now it's boiled down to knees and elbows, knees and elbows, which I'm saying is know where their middle joint. That's that's my thing know where their middle joint is at all times you know we i don't care if you're doing this big lunge punch or whatever and you think it's awesome or you're shoving him back or you're taking him down know where his limbs are in space know where you know and yours exactly <laughs> your middle joints don't think just about your fist think about the rest of it all right. the way back to the ground right. um and that's that's something though that two-person practice points out like if you're not aware of where somebody's elbow is and you do your technique wrong even if they're just feeding it to you and you push their hand up you run into their elbow (laughs) and that's you know good partners know to do little things like that Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a reciprocal thing a good training partner will really help you broaden from technique to principle so we're just gonna have to sort of take that for granted at this point all Um, right so let's let's get listening and that's why no reading book no learning part. Hey, <laughs> nice. No um, <laughs> Call back. All right. So some of the listing of ways now that you're training an application with a partner and both of you guys are trying to uh, get pretty awesome at this and turn it from technique to principle. What are the different ways? Aside well, from what we mentioned, I like to start out first, learn a basic outside app. Like you're going outside their arm in the same sense you guys use the okay. term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then learn to apply the exact same technique if you wind up inside their arm. Yes. So the easy way to set it up is start out just throwing a straight punch and then do the exact same technique on the same side, but he's going to throw a hook punch at you now. Mm-hmm. How does it change? Do you need to alter your footwork a little? Sometimes. Do you, Usually. Yes. <laughs> what do you need to alter to make it work? Which weapons that are encompassed in this one technique gain emphasis based on the inside, inside or outside because yeah. a lot of times as i'm sure you guys have noticed um doing stuff on the outside is a hell easier to pull off and usually whatever the inside it's more dangerous because you got to deal about the other foot you i mean leg foot everything because you're inside his house yeah. head anything um but like you're hinting at you know you got your joints and stuff and it's easier to use straight up the middle sometimes or if you're doing particular throws but it's also a dangerous thing, so you have to be paying attention. Yeah, and 
And you can also vary that by having someone throw you different sort of stylistic edges. Again, like mm. stepping, you know, first with the front foot doing a lunge punch, but don't just practice against that. Make sure they do a cross stepping punch. Yes. You know, have them throw a big haymaker hook, have them throw a tight hook, you know. Maybe start, an uppercut. Start with your elbows touching off. each other. And then, yes, and then expand the arc that the start blow from can the come clinch. From. Start from. Five yeah. yards away from each other, and you're walking up on each yeah. other. You know, if he fakes a punch and you're going into this technique, and instead he throws a mid range kick, mm-hmm. how do you use the same technique on it? Because you ain't gonna have no time to change. There you go. I pick my knee up a little higher. So if you have that idea every time you do the step, and it's like, okay, while I'm doing this, if the kick comes, my knee could jump up. Right. You start ingraining that. <clears throat> you, you see where mm-hmm. I'm going? Definitely. With this. That's something that um, on this particular subject that we use. You know, a Chinese phrase we call "tida nashuai." Um, which means uh, uh, punch, kick, uh, grapple, and throw. throw. Yeah. And you know, it's it. it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the areas of fighting and yada yada yada. But more so, this taking one like we're talking about um, application and saying, okay, well, how would you use the same application or more importantly, body movement and principle? If it were a kick instead of a punch, if you're in the midst of about to be thrown or right. they're locking your arm. Or, you know, how you could flip it or on its head. you're too close to hit him, but yeah, flip it yeah. on its head. You're too close to hit. How do you do a throw with the exact exactly. same thing? And that's, that really gets your brain playing because if it's something that you've been using the upper gate and the upper part of the body all this time and it's a low kick, how do you do that without breaking the movements thing, you know? Right. Do you squat on all fours and make a low block? No, retard. <laughs> There's something else that's there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do, but you know. <laughs> Low block! <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but I like it. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with exactly what you're saying there. And, uh, <laughs> and there's a million and one variations like that that you can do. You know, uh, I'll drop back to my standard example for the purposes of this conversation. I like to take people who are getting comfortable with basic application, you know, outside, inside, on a kick or whatever with, uh, with, the, with the single changes. And I'll say, okay, you're great at doing that on one person and it's confusing movement and all this. But I'm going to have you do the first part on this guy. And then the second guy, when he sees you move on the first guy, he's going to come in. Now, this mm-hmm. gets fractious, but I'll be like, okay, second guy, you know, first guy, throw your punch. Second guy, just come in and try to grab him or take a kicking shield and come in and just try to knock him on his ass with the kicking right. shield. That sort of thing. That's something we, uh, I just recently, as a matter of fact, um, started incorporating at an earlier um, stage in a student's progression in my school, which is called Circle of Death. Um, in this case, I, I don't wait until we're, uh, you know, two sheets of wind. This is an SO class. In the parking class. lot of foxies and yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, and it's, it's just a, it's a very simple thing where you got monkey in the middle, dude in the middle, four guys around him. Each one's assigned a number. And then we, you only have one technique, and it's just a basic block and a punch. But I say one, and the guy who's number one throws his punch. I say number two, number two throws his punch. Number three, and you're just using that one technique. And it starts off real slow. But the interesting thing is you have to learn how to adjust and how to change. Because sometimes you're doing this one circled type movement. It's not going to work when you're stepping in that direction. You've got to learn how to adapt right. and see it. Because even when you're coming super slow, you can literally walk into a punch and go, ow. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but that's, that's one of the ways that we do it. Taking a very s- simple, straightforward movement and just adding this new 
environment to it. Yeah, having and, it come from multiple angles. Exactly, exactly. Right. Yep. And that sort of repositioning, I, get, I think that's a fundamental concept here when you're talking about developing these basic techniques outward is, yeah, you learn it in optimal position first. Right. And then you learn it in a kind of second optimal position. Then mm-hmm. you start experimenting with all the suboptimal possibilities that come right. up. And there's no way you're ever going to f- hit every one of them. Because, uh-huh. again, every time a person moves, it's different. Even though it's very much the same, there's yeah. always going to be, he's going to be an inch further away. He's going to be an inch closer. Well, a fight is the, a suboptimal yeah, position in exactly. the first place. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. what you're trying to eventually prepare for. Right. It doesn't matter if something's a few degrees to the left or right of what you expected. Mm-hmm. You're going in with the same thing that you were bringing in the first place. You it just know matter. how to adjust it mm-hmm. for the situation. Yeah, And hopefully... I think the another aspect is, you know, when you get to the point where you trained with all these variables and, you know, you're probably at a high number of repetitions at this point, you, there's a level of confidence that is accrued that is hugely important in not just simply, oh, second reaction timing, because a lot of times you might have to actually use your brain for a quick minute, and yeah, it slows you down for half a second or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you have that level of confidence, you know that, granted, it's not going to work off of blah, 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 blah. But if you have that level of confidence and you are full force going speed, know you can adapt and stuff like that, that makes all the difference in the world. That's when the magic happens. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And uh, one other point that we've sort of made, but we haven't really touched on, and this is a great place to do it, is experimenting with range. Mm -hmm. So not only direction and angle of attack, but with the range with which you intercept a variety of attacks. So whether you're talking about partner work or on a bag or doing, you know, your imagination, one second, Olin, your imagination, (laughs) uh, when you're practicing forms by yourself, you have to think from touching the person almost nose to nose, how would this work on a body at this range Mm -hmm. to all the way out to the extent of your fingertips or where your toe can reach. There you go. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's, you know, my classic example is the inside outside kind of little arm block and I call it an arm block because that's what everybody thinks. But all you do is change the range and it becomes a strike, a throw, you know, a mm-hmm. breaking grip, you know, all kinds of stuff, a feint, you know, or just simply, oh, he's coming in for, you know, a kick. I'll tap this out of the way or perhaps wrap the leg. And it's all off the exact same body movement. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, there's a technique that becomes more of a universal principle. Exactly. Again, it won't work on everything, but there's a range no. that any technique will show you. Uh, how how to respond to a variety of different things in mm-hmm. you know or a range of of stimulus that you can respond to with it you know and I think that it, one of the cool things taking it outside of our personal box is you know when you're thinking let's say of grappling and you have a standard movement you've been taught and it's for a you know locking the arm and it's pressing the shoulder against their neck or something like that play with it with your partner and say well what if this was on a leg you know you could jam up their their hip bone or whatever you know using that same kind of technique and because your legs are bending in a different place you're on the ground stuff what opportunity now does that present or is that kind of hazardous to the situation is there Mm -hmm. something you really now you've learned you never want to be in that position or try that you know i think that's that's great you can mix it up you know on the ground as well yeah yeah absolutely and I, I think a lot of what people concentrate on in those things, especially if they're sporting, is they'll get in and they'll drill, how do you flow from this to this? Mm-hmm. How do you counter this 
you know, mm-hmm. if it happens this way, if it happens that way, you know, because right. there's a million different strategies to get out of a basic pen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but unfortunately, you be- too many people, though, you know, you do have to train that because, like, I, I know grapplers will understand what I'm talking about when I say this that so many people do know to move, but unfortunately, it's always too, like, sprawl, you yeah, know, and right. that's not always your best bet. You know, so that's uh, gonna yeah, be. Yeah, diff- it, it can. You know, yeah. It, it, depending on the situation, sprawling yes. is probably not your first, or yeah. definitely just rolling into guard. Right, you know? right. But I, I think you know, most of them know that if they have somebody that's like, okay, just be careful if somebody jumps <laughs> you on the street, don't fall into guard with them. You know? <laughs> right, keep your head up. Yeah, get out of there. Yeah. They might have a friend that's coming up behind you. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I go into the baby tuck and cuddle. You know, (laughs) (laughs) don't hate me, please. (laughs) You know, another thing I was thinking about um, is something that uh, Matt Lucas said, the guy I've been training with back in California. What was it called? Uh, The Open Matt. That's right. Yes. His name is Matt. His space is called Open Matt. Anyways, was like practicing punches as grabs. And I feel like doing internal, I'm putting quotes up here, folks, martial arts, we can kind of take that for granted. Mm -hmm. But I think for people that don't do that it's like you punch or you grab it's not like you can grab with a punch right you know right, or like right. that the 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 final like pull back after punch is a grab mm-hmm. you know come yeah. back with something or not mm-hmm. at all yeah yeah Pittman's, and and see Pittman's the, crushing punch nipple, nipple lobster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah boy that'll get you uh, pinchy very uh, pinchy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i totally see what you're talking about <laughs> It's it's obvious when you have like the more uh, weirdy Chinese animal styles, you know, because mm-hmm. they're not All the, the punching. And- yeah, the claws. It's the ripping and the tearing and whatever, you know. But even in punching, a lot of times you have that. Yeah. But I like what you're talking about there, focusing on the pullback rather than just the punch. Right. And you can grab with more than just your hands yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And your it, forearm, yeah. your foot. Oh yeah, wrap and trap. Yeah. Right. And all that. Dave needs was doing to be a lot exact. of that to me. <laughs> doing the Fonzie. <laughs> Fonzie. Oh well, okay. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah the, in the Basha. Uh-huh. But uh, well, and that's a good example. Like you know, uh, Aaron mostly does Bagua, but he's picked up some of the Shingy along the way, and I mostly do Bagua, but I picked up a fair amount of the shingy along the way and you'll see a ton of stuff that's virtually the same technique with an altered stepping pattern maybe the hands are open in one and closed in the other so Mm. it's a punch versus a palm Palm. strike and that just cues me off personally to be like okay well they're not two separate techniques Mm -mm. i mean there may be two separate techniques if you look at them in isolation but they're the same principles so it's just part of how i can vary and martial arts and i think this may wrap us around kind of towards the end of this topic Mm is any martial art is finite. Whether it's got a thousand techniques or a hundred or ten, it's still finite. But this is All of that's supposed to wrap you back around to a few essential principles Mm -hmm. that are going to save your ass. So every technique you learn, you have to go back and look, this is a technique, but what is it trying to say? It's just a principle. How does it fit into the bigger picture that this style or system or my experience is showing me? You you hit on an in an awesome thing that that just came up um you know we both have <coughs> excuse me students who cross train in other styles and i have one who's doing a, a style that's um you know huge in its curriculum and uh you know he's mentioned to me in the past you know I, it's intimidating because i really want to figure out what's the core of the style hmm. um you know and Ask the teacher's deep, not really questions like that yeah yeah <laughs> and, and the teacher's not giving me the answer i want hmm. and you know, I have the answer, even though I don't know the style. 
And the answer is what you were just talking about is you have a finite system. It could be huge. It could be small, but you add these variations in your training to become awesome at them. And you do that to one technique. You do it to 10, you do it to a hundred. And pretty soon you're going to realize, yeah, I've got 500, 10,000 techniques, whatever, but 200 of these techniques are all classified under the same principle. And so that's what you start to learn to categorize. And that's where you have your answer. It's about these principles, not, the thousand one techniques and once you get the principles into your head which i'm not saying i'm perfect at i don't think any of us would but we're pretty good at it at this point that's when the techniques pop mm-hmm. that's when the techniques come out what you want when you want it did With they sizzle too yeah okay <laughs> they snap and crackle <laughs> <clears throat> but you know what i'm saying it's like that's when somebody swung something in my face and i don't even remember what i did but i executed the perfect technique right, right. It's because I usually that I did, moment I, in blackness. You're no longer, yeah. <laughs> you're no longer going through a rolodex mm-hmm. of saying, "Oh, well, what tool do I need for this job?" Right. You're like, I got a small set of tools here, and I will instantly go in the bag and whip out the one I need and exactly. hit you with that hammer. Your right? hands already know. Right. They will grab the right one, and even if it's accidentally the wrong one, you'll make it work. Yeah, right. Which kind of goes back to your whole gong mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know. And that's basically uh, the another final point on this is is he going to beat that? It takes a lot of it takes a lot of practice, so don't expect miracles right off the bat. Some people learn quicker, some people learn slower. But I've seen a lot of people with persistence and imagination and practice go way further than people who come in with raw physical ability Mm. and get bored and think they know it all after they learn one variation on a tactic and drift away to the next thing. Right. The guy that grinds it out day in, day out, you show up at practice, there he is, he's doing his thing, he kind of sucks. A month later, you're like, he kind of sucks. A month later, you're like, he's a little better than he used to be. Mm -hmm. Six months later, he's like, oh shit, he just put me on my ass. (laughs) I got to take you more seriously now. Exactly. Person who gets it in the end mm-hmm. so you know anybody shooting for martial arts and grind it out use your own imagination always and i sort of drunkenly made this point in the last episode mm. everybody's self-taught ultimately so i heard that point collect that your nice. resources mm. well but you're responsible for your own training take your time be diligent enjoy and, it and yes enjoy it, have, have fun, fun with it yeah be creative that there is you know and i i say this a lot and a lot of people don't like it, but i don't care but there is that artsy that art part to the martial art where you have to be creative in how you're going to train this one move and a gazillion you, yeah. times without right. getting bored you've got to oh, be willing yeah. to play and make mistakes you know and that's mm-hmm. why you have your friendly tequila sparring nights or however it works in your system right or, or you know if you're doing mma every every day you're on the mat trying it out trying mm-hmm. it out trying right. it out with someone who's not out to kill you but will sauce you up a little right. if you make that but mistake. yeah you're, you're training brothers and sisters you're out to make each other better and to learn from each other you know right yeah and sometimes it has to be tough love hey. <laughs> that love comes with bruises well, did we, aaron i think you had a point did we miss anything what were you about to say um oh i kind of lost it now Uh-oh. i mean basically i was just thinking like to to sum up things would be like play with the footwork like what happens if you move lateral or forward in a more extended way than you normally would or a tighter way than you normally would or if you run like hell or right. yeah. <laughs> think about think about moving to the this is in terms of an opponent moving toward the inside which would mean toward their center like their spine their torso or to the outside which would be like outside of their arm usually seen as the safer technique and then play i remember alan was talking about this uh about um you know practice against a high opponent 
of an opponent of the same size and a short opponent right. and take the same technique. Yeah. And That's look at all kind of, of a luxury, too. I you mean, know? if you only have one training partner, look for somebody roughly your same size and weight because you'll get the broadest range out of it. Yeah. But if you have, like, Aaron got to train with Harold today, yeah. oh my God. all day today, <laughs> and is he having like a guy like eight s- feet tall. <laughs> no, yeah, he's, trying to technique against seven or eight. Yeah, he's yeah. pushing seven feet. Yeah, Doing yeah, something against awesome. my little Bennett and then going against Harold or Bruce, I can use the same technique, but yeah. it definitely Changes. has to be changed. Yeah. Bruce is only about 6'2", but he's right. a fire plug. So okay. Mm-hmm. We'll let him defend that comment right. when he comes on next. And then the other thing I was going to say, <laughs> Hi, Bruce. <laughs> put something into your hand. Yeah. You know, what ha- like, okay, can it be yeah. a weapon technique? Advanced mm-hmm. area, we probably should touch on a couple of things before we drop this one. And that's, yes, Learn. put something in your hand, but also the reverse, because there's a lot of weapon-based styles. Put something in your partner's hand. The, yeah, the, that. <laughs> but also, take if take you're a weapon-based you yeah. know, like uh, Kali or whatever, Screamer, take it out and yeah. see if you can play that same yeah. movement, but with your body. You know? Right. And the other thing I would throw into that sort of, and we don't need to dwell on these, but if you're getting... If you feel pretty advanced with this, start adding these considerations in your practice. How bad do I want to hurt the person? Mm. Yes. How bad do I want to go to you jail? You need a lot of control to even think about that. Yes, but once you do. start developing that control, think, okay, that's another flavor you can add into your imagination practice where it's like, do I am I just mad at this person? Is this person trying to, you know, is this person running at my kid with a pair of scissors? You know, what's going on here? How bad do I kill them or break them? And how do I vary the technique to get that result? And I I mean, I hate to even say it because it's all over the internet, but this is kind of touching on the deadlies. Everybody's got something, you know, you can twist the neck a little too far or, you know, Oh gosh, you're just being a pain thing. in the ass. Yeah. Do I yeah. really need to break Off his nose with my knee and you know then throw yeah. his face to the pavement? I mean, and every jujitsu guy that's put somebody control. in a lock knows how they could roll that lock a little further and break that limb. Exactly. But uh, you know, and this is something I think it was touched on in the Roy Miller thing. He says doing reality based stuff with guys like that is he has to stop him constantly while they're rolling and say, what would you do in this situation if you really wanted to hurt me, if you really had to hurt me? Mm. And they're going to do something different than they do in the flow of sport combat. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing, whether you're traditional or you know sport martial arts, new or old, mm-hmm. you need to eventually think that through carefully. Like well, and some even of the- justified self-defense, we're watching a oh, training yeah. partner go through this, can lead to thousands of dollars in legal fees oh, and right. hassles in court. And, and all of that if you don't have the fees, just a lot of time in jail away from your kids you know exactly the cool thing in 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 a lot but it's better being in the ground away from your kids well yeah so weighing all that in the balance and knowing how to adjust what you're doing the power the the exact area you're striking you know there's nothing that produces an instant death touch but you can hit somebody in you know the jaw and expect one result you know maybe from breaking their jaw to just maybe you know hurting them well yeah it's like even you can change the height of something you right. take a quote-unquote leopard style punch which is you know not even full clenched fist and you know you go into the bridge of the nose you're gonna go right under that esophagus area right, right. yeah that's the difference just yeah. the chin that jaw and you got to realize when you use that technique on somebody you got to be willing to kill them uh-huh yeah, i'm just no guarantee you will but you could <laughs> yeah you, you could, could kill that person with one you can blow. crush crush that whole right. aspect and it and doesn't take done. a hercules or somebody uh-uh. it doesn't take an expert even to do that because that's a very soft you know right anyway. they're hard to get at but you can get in but again yeah. final thing that i would throw in eventually you need to worry about but early on just build it one piece at a time mm-hmm. and use your own head to say this is the next piece i can or need to work on listen to your whoever's teaching you listen to what your training partners if they're any good are telling you 
You know, oh, I could do this to you every time because your leg's in the wrong place. Oh, no. I see. I should have stepped with the other leg because he stepped with it. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm just ranting on. Any final thoughts? Um, always, but. You I sure thinking, look like a master this... to me, baby. Oh, please. <laughs> um, I was thinking uh, I had I come up with random things to keep myself entertained when I'm training on my own. Sure. Um, but like, like I had the, what was it? No, slow, flow, low, go. Right. So I had all nice. these noise. So like. Know the form, like right. once you know it, then you can do it really slow and like really, you know, Tai Chi, you know, yeah, take yeah, it yeah. really slow. Feel what all your body's doing. That's a good time to fill out your six um, harmonies too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, flow, the slow helps with that. Really try to, you know, turn all those right angles into nice, easy curves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then low, bring it low, make your ass hurt, you know. Strengthen. <laughs> Strengthen, mm-hmm. you know, extend. extend. Extend, yeah. or if and if then it's and then go high, and then you know. just let it have it. You know, fa jin speed. You know, what is it like? Like if you're actually striking with wide open, or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, nice. Yeah, I got like a little that. mnemonic there. Yeah, I have to remember I those. That. <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> what was what was Blake's rude mnemonic for House of Life? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, open, uphold, support, feel, erect, carry, cover, bind. Sounds like a joke in its own right. Yeah, yeah no, we'll come back does. to this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go out to the champagne lounge and feed the mosquitoes and ponder that. Uh, yeah. All right, well, yeah, let's take a break here. I think that's a good place to cut off the discussion. We'll be back with news, news, news. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and uh, a little bit of listener mail. We're back, coming to you live from deep beneath the Champagne Lounge. It's Craig Keesling with news, news, news. And once again, I have to land the airplane. He's landing the airplane. <laughs> once again, every time he says that, I, my mind goes in the gutter. Congratulations, Staff Sergeant Jessica Field. She is the first graduate, first female graduate of the MCMAP, the Marine Corps uh, martial arts training program and yet she is an airman she actually uh staff sergeant with the air force air woman oh good point <laughs> did that just happen <laughs> yes it did oh my gosh anyway she's uh she's hailing out of um maryland i believe and she she not only went through the regular uh training that the mcmap provides but she went through the uh, 10 hour a day, three week instructor certification uh, program. And only 12 literally have gone through this instructor instructor course at Quantico. Um, and she's the first female to do it. She is really psyched. We're all you know pretty pleased for her. She's the first female to do it. She's gonna be bringing back some of the training to the Air Force and some of her folks. Um, yeah, you know, she loves it. She says, you know, we're going out into the woods. We're going out and we're doing these crazy obstacle courses. Uh, we'll go all over techniques. And there's a huge emphasis on pedagogy as well as how to teach the Marine Corps standards along with just the martial applications. Um, 
she has to, you know, kind of tweak her teaching in her own words for airmen in her classes. Uh, but she's really looking forward to it. Um, so kudos to her. Yeah, awesome. That deserves Ow. a non-gendered hi-ya. How does that work? Hi-ya. Hi-ya. <laughs> oh, boy. That's the one I want to say is Scott O.M. we've learned since is not. No, it's Kylie. <laughs> Kylie Sturgis. Everybody, welcome to Kylie Sturgis, Scott O. That was Australian and not a boy. <laughs> boy? Hmm. Scott O. That's kudos to you. <laughs> Business partner Sue's martial arts mogul, Tiger Shulman. That's right. Long oh, Island tiger. martial arts magnate, Daniel the Tiger Shulman. Uh, has kind of threatened to flatten a former black belt student of his after the man complained about a franchise deal. So, yeah, the guy, you know, this Shulman, he runs like 49, you know, I'll go ahead and throw 1,000 on there, 49,000 karate schools. Anyway, you know, because that's a big number. It's like, oh, my Wait, gosh. does it really say 49,000? It no, doesn't. That's just my Craig. Yeah. Okay. He's just shy. Of it. He's got almost as many episodes as we do. Though, got so. it. <laughs> Episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like they had a little episode of their own. But yeah, yeah. you know, um, I'm not saying he's running McDojo, though I did. And, you know. Well, now, I got to stop you there, Kirk. You remember when we had Jim Genia on? I do. Genia? Yeah. Genia. Damn, I did it again. That's all right. Uh, thank you for correcting my pronunciation. You By know the that way, I'm... it's pedagogy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, back at you, right? Nicely you done. Lean back when you laugh, Aaron. Oh, That's because you're a quiet talker. Sorry, um, everyone. But he, uh, Tiger Shulman, was one of the few schools that was sending people out to these few traditional schools that was at least sending people out to these underground MMA fights. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, then, then my fault. But with fifty schools, there's bound to be some that are hard ass. And Mofos some not that and great. Some that are, you know, it's the hard. Yeah. It's a hard thing. You got to have a great system in place. Right. But anyway, um, so you know, he's he's got this thing where he's got a franchise going up, and he trains black belts and those that are interested, and yada yada yada, can go out and open up their own school. That's what this one kid did. Cool. And uh, the uncool part, though, is that he's saying, "Hey, yeah, but you, you know, kind of screwed me out of some profits and whatnot." Um, now. Who knows? You know, did he, did he not? The The interesting part is uh, back in 2000, Shulman was fined $195,000. And that part, that's it is. Real, that's significant. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> By the New York State Attorney General um, for deceptive business practices at his karate school. So oh. there is that. There you go. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one, though. Uh, Tiger Shulman's a big name. And like I said, I've seen some interesting stuff coming out of there, like people fighting in underground MMA fights and testing their material. Right. But I've also heard shit like this. So, yeah, well. Yeah, maybe it's a case of good with the bad. It is. Right. We but, had that talk with Bruce about Shaolin Do. He's like, you know, if you're getting what you need there, don't let anybody embarrass you about it. Yeah. And I love that episode when you had the uh, nice. listener say, you know, what should I do? You right. Know? I love that. That was awesome. And, and Bruce great freaking response you know have passion have heart but be committed uh yeah cage fighting gas station clerk stuns would be robbers mm. that's right folks. out in houston texas he whipped his shirt over his head and they were stunned <laughs> <laughs> check out these abs check out these abs dude <laughs> Don't bring your gun in this restaurant. That's right. Too late. Bullets Look at these guns. Yes. <laughs> I okay. did that once. Okay. Yeah. I did. At Twain's. I said, I see your sign there. No guns allowed. 
too what late. About these? <laughs> <laughs> How about pythons? Can I bring my python? That's right. <laughs> All right, so you got this situation of two dudes working in a gas station, basically. One dude's behind the counter, you know, sitting there, keeping an eye on the cameras, and when people come in and ding, ding, you know, okay, fill her up and all that. And he notices that a SUV comes in, three dudes pop out. This happens to be at the same time as his coworker, and like we talked about in the break, it seems like maybe his coworker was coming uh, to pick up cash from the various friend, you know, the various stores and whatnot, because he's coming into the store out of the car with a bag of cash, you know, the bank bag, and the three dudes, you know, launch an attack on dude to say, "Give me your money." This guy from the inside comes running out, straight up kicks. The first dude he sees right in the face. In the face? Yes. Kick to face. Good program. Let's just start off with a kick to the mush. We like that. We like Pow. that. How you like me now? <laughs> Can you hear me now? No <laughs> foam right. required. That's right. And then second dude, you know, he kind of like pivots. Do you like and... Van Damme and leave uh, Timberland across his forehead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's got to be like going down the road on two trucks doing a split at the same time. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then, you know, he pivots and, and knocks the other dude in the face with a punch, drops his ass. The other two tear off, hide, you know, get in the car and drive off. And, of course, you know, punchy face is left sitting there, you know, sucking his thumb. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> punchy face. That's Done the thing. deal. People run away and leave their little dirty buddies behind. It's like, you know we're going to trace this dirty buddy to I you. I know it. Right. Honor among thieves. You better pay. does not Don't work, leave bro. a man behind because you're basically all left right there. Mm. Indeed. All right, moving along, Craig. What do we got next? Moving across the great big pond to Scotland, we got David McOsland, great kickboxing and karate teacher. Well, it's great. Until he got caught with a hood. <laughs> and the hoard, my friends, happens to be a huge load of porn. And not just regular porn. Yeah, because we've all got a huge load I know, of porn. I know. <laughs> I carry it around in my brain stacks. <laughs> the Brother, vault. But, of course, to put this in perspective, you know, um, the majority of his moneymaker in class, of course, is the children, the wee folk, the five to nine-year-olds and whatnot. And so what does well, his porn include? Well, yeah, hang on, because uh. if it just includes adults doing consensual things to other adults, I don't have a problem with him being around kids because it's two different worlds. Right. But if he's got something freaky like a goat screwing a person or maybe children or wait a second, you're looking at me. That's what he had. Oh, no. man. Oh, yeah. He's got kitty porn in there. He's oh, got yeah, uh, the ladies and the no horses. Note. He's got the ladies and the dogs. He's got all kinds of disgusting, disgusting stuff. The inter most interesting thing on this to me, however, is that he's out on bail, and they keep saying, well, we hope he stays on bail till we get this all worked out, and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, that doesn't work for me. That really doesn't work for me. I want this not to say from Scotland. I want this to say from Atlanta, Georgia, because I'm going to... You know, yeah, you got a you got I have a, a daughter kid that may be in exactly. karate classes exactly. at some point or whatever. You like Kitty Bourne? Let me show you. you when yeah. you say bestiality, watch me become a beast. Uh, I'll show you some bestiality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's harsh, though. But yeah, that's that's yeah, that's so. Hopefully, they will be. confine him. A custodial sentence, I think, is the way they put it. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. He can become a custodian. We don't for the want rest this guy picking life. up trash around the local park. No, we want you in no. jail for a little while. That's yeah. right. Picking Just up get trash your name in there. On the registry. Right. That's over the line. Yes. Garrett, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name. Holevy, Holeve, H O L E V E. This is his last name. Holve. 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 
Okay, I'm going to get sick. 24-year-old MMA fighter with Down syndrome. This kid's been doing this for about 10 years. He's got a blue belt, which is second belt, I believe, in in most systems and whatnot. But he's been uh, at this. Well, he's not just cleaning up shop. He's cleaning up shop. You see what I'm saying there? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, do you see what I'm saying there? No, not not yet. All right. I imagine I will, though. (laughs) Anyway... Um, this guy, you know, kudos for first off getting into, <laughs> good Lord. Sorry, it went to sleep on me, so I had to revive it to get the crickets in there. Do you see what I'm saying here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Go ahead and spell it out for us. All right. So this, this guy, um, you know, he say, I, I, he's not trying to take on, uh, like George St. Pierre or anything like that, but he has gotten into quite a few different matches and uh, been pretty successful. You know, he's actually getting out there, not just saying I'm doing some exercise and learning self-defense. He's getting out and fighting, this kid is. And unfortunately, though, um, he's recently been told, you know, for his own safety and all this kind of stuff, that no, it can't happen anymore. Um, so, of course, he, his father, and his family are are kind of suing over this. Mm-hmm. Um and I get it. He's got there's a there's a big thing online where you can, you know, kind of help uh, support him. So far, more than uh, 111,000 people have signed a change.org petition against the Bo- Boxing Commission, which is one of the groups that have helped to say, no, you can't do this anymore. Um, even UFC famer uh, Stephen Bonner, who has fought, uh, who has more than 93,000 Twitter followers, tweeted his support for G Money, which is his kind of you know, fight name, mm-hmm. um, saying, please sign the petition to let uh, Garrett's fight, a.k.a. G-Money fight, he wrote, using hashtag let Garrett fight. So this is something cool um, that's going on. You guys look into this with the hashtag let Garrett fight. Uh, you can see it also on change.org. Um, look into it and, and give your support because that is awesome. You know, somebody with already um, coming into it, having to fight every day of his life just with douchebags on the street um you know who don't understand his condition and whatnot getting right. into a tough game wanting to fight well you know and as long as he's high functioning i don't think that should stop him i mean mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to like wheel someone in a wheelchair to an mma event and be like go for it oh, you know God. and i don't think someone should be able to sue to make that happen no right. matter how bad they wanted to play the game right. but it sounds like this kid's on the up and up it's like he may not win them all but he's in it <coughs> to win it and he can do it yeah so, he did say high functioning there. That yeah, yeah. Awesome. My, yeah. Uh, you know, more power to you. Yeah. That already, pre- you know, excludes myself. But <laughs> why I'm not in the ring, folks? You asked, you got it. Uh, all right, we you got did to- call yourself a retard earlier, which uh, hey, kind of looks. Did bad in light of that segment. <laughs> it does, but I like it. I like it as long as it's self-applied. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll take the pity. F- yeah, anytime. <laughs> Thai martial arts choreographer, yeah, pause. Pana Rithikrai, dead at age 53. Mm-hmm. Why should we care? Because this is the guy who helped choreograph action star Tony John films such as Ong Bak, oh. Tom Yum Gong, uh, The Bodyguard, Born to Fight, and so on. So this is a bad thing. Um, even Gareth Evans, as we all know, the raid yes yep. the and raid the raid two exactly he and tweeted hopefully the raid three four five and six because these <laughs> movies crush me man <laughs> they do they do crush you <laughs> even gareth tweeted 
<laughs> Even Gareth tweeted, what Pena and Ja did with Ong Bak revitalized martial arts cinema. The importance of that film on the genre is huge. You know, and that, that really does say a lot. Because and it did. Well, you remember we watched all those Hong Kong films, and then over the last few years, I mean, there's still great stuff coming out of there, but we were kind of disappointed that that bone-breaky feeling, <laughs> that like, holy shit, a real person just did that stunt, you mm-hmm. know? That sort of thing kind of left the Hong Kong area. It which did. We got I'm more glad. into fly around, <laughs> sci-fi, yeah, whatever, you know. That's fine. It's good for the people doing it, you know, but somebody's got to be the next Jackie Chan or whoever that's mm-hmm. going to eat it and make really exciting films and the choreography all the way up through Tony Jaws run done by this guy and then yeah. they had this big falling out if I'm remembering my movie history correctly oh, interesting and he didn't work on Ongbok 2 and 3 and those were delayed productions and Jaws was doing all the choreography which yeah, some didn't great say stuff Ongbok in there trilogy but also some ridiculous stuff in there you know? oh yeah and to it be honest have the same urgency no but to be honest that's um one of the reasons I, I found this to be interesting was you know i came over and like here's these news stories that old boy helped hooked us up ryan did right and uh i'm like okay this is a lot we're gonna have to weed it down a little bit and i looked at this and i'm like you know i don't care who this guy is until i started reading more and i saw oh Ongbach and all this and I'm like dude you know that's why people know tony jaw and it's like with him gone what you know now the door's wide open for someone new either we're gonna have a lot of crappy movies or we're gonna see well, something awesome pop off i don't remember if it was this guy or one of his protégés that did chocolate and a few of the other movies chocolate, Cho- mm. chocolate. yeah mm-hmm. well, you know the one i'm talking about yeah, where dude, little the little girl, girl. Is all badass mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. she's kind of an autistic little girl that learns tie boxing from watching television yeah. and just kicks the ass out of everybody nice. and that's a really well put together i movie. want my daddy's money <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. So uh, he was, uh, I think, responsible for a lot of that flavor coming back there. Yeah. I wonder what killed him at 53. Just hard living or an accident or... That's a great question. We'll have to dig into that, you know, in the, Definitely. In the half a year or so between this and the next episode. <laughs> no, 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 we're trying. We're trying to get one out every month. If it's two months, hey, sue me. All right. I, I might right just now. do that, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of action happening in those news stories about, you know... Maybe I should. Maybe it's time for a lawsuit. That's right. A high suit. Hey. Dare. All right. Well, thanks for the news, Craig. That was edifying. Hey, you're more than welcome. Thanks to Ryan for sending those in for us. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate it. Research assistant in this case. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. Oh. Jim Henson likes frogs. Yeah. I gotta figure out how to set that thing, reset it, so it doesn't keep going to sleep on me because it's doing that. (laughs) Not exactly timely with my sound effects. Anyway, let's go ahead and put our hands. You heard the wrestling before, but here it is officially into the mailbag. We touched on the one that Kiro sent us earlier, so don't forget, folks. Send in your uh, your personal stories that will relate to our relationships, relationships, and martial arts and how they're connected. Right. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get all soft on you for a minute. (laughs) But not. (laughs) We're just setting you up. But we've got a couple of emails floating around in here, so let me just go ahead and throw some of them out at you. Good deal. All right, this is from Josh. Oh, God. Uh, It says, hi, y'all. Y'all hi? No, it just says, hi, (laughs) y'all. Y'all hi. (laughs) (laughs) Just found your podcast the other day, which I am now trying to catch up on all 51 episodes. Wow. I have two discussion topics topics I wanted to bring up, which are somewhat related. Numero uno, 
Could you talk about solo training? I'm currently not able to travel the 1,400 miles back to train with my sensei, nor do I desire to look up others within the same style. So what can I do to keep the training interesting, motivating, and fresh? What do y'all do? Okay, number one, that's pretty much a broad discussion topic on its own, and I think we've already touched on that to some extent. Yeah, that's great for today, but I do have a reply question. That was an odd statement. Why do you not have the interest to look up other people in your style that's that the one i was gonna pick me. out yeah. I, I think um it might help if you just open your mind a little go in with a grain of salt but check it out you know your teacher if you have an established system is probably not the only one that has that system yeah and there may be little stylistic tiny little differences and whatnot but that's you know initially might get on your nerves but it will become one of the your yeah. most biggest strengths and loves. And when you train with some a different teacher or in a new system, no, there's no law that you have to throw away everything you learned before. So no. keep what you like and experiment with some other ones. Right. When they and, say empty your cup, it's usually just pouring it off over here to the side, not dumping it out. You can easily go back and get that stuff. I usually stuff. just take a sip when I'm ready. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Else. So, yeah, we'll, we'll probably address more of that in detail later. And we've already, you may have missed an episode or two where we did kind of go in on how you, you know, you train when you don't have any time to yourself um, or when you only have time to yourself. So there you go. <laughs> or when you don't have much time, we've, we've got something like that coming up. But anyway, number two, and this, I think we can tackle in short form. What are your thoughts and experiences in body strengthening techniques like iron palm, body, hojoundu, makiwara, etc.? Do you have specific regimens that you follow? Um, we've all got stuff we do. Like in Chinese Kung Fu circles, something that's almost universal would be iron pole or iron broom training. Right. Hit yourself with something. Yeah. And if you haven't gone <laughs> all the way person. back to the episode on gongs, do you'll so. find some of that in there too. Yeah. But, um, you know, like body strengthening exercises, specific ones are great. And everyone should have some of that stuff in their arsenal, little specialties, you know. It's like that hard rubber ball that Angus has. I've worked up to where I can kick that with my toe and it doesn't bother me anymore. But I have to warn other people who kick the ball for Angus that the hard one's out. Mm -hmm. Because they'll go up and kick it like they kick his softball to send it back to the fence. And like, God damn, and they're hopping around the room. (laughs) So there's little shit you can do like that, you know, obviously. Finger something I'd yeah well I'd, I'd toss this out because um, this is a huge you know Dave immediately looked at me because the way I trained my students the way I was taught which is we have an ass load of physical conditioning to be honest Absolutely, with you yes. but um, and a lot of people who you know are not in the system or not deep enough or, or made it say like well what the hell does this have to do with fighting um, what you know and I have my answer on that I'm not really prepared to answer you right now on that but what i will say this is make sure whatever it is you pick out does have an easy to cross over thing into your martial arts don't just sit there and do bench presses and you know if you don't do palm strikes or something in that exact same physical structure to get better at what you're doing train specifically yes yeah um but also don't throw out even like you know throwing all the airy fairy qigong bs out the window deep breathing deep abdominal breathing has a practical application Mm -hmm. if you can manipulate air in your own abdomen and you're used to breathe you're working small muscles when you do that and you're you're teaching your core to tighten or loose and expand contract at will you're gaining more autonomous you know control over Mm -hmm. that which is normally something you just leave to your brain to like okay run that system in the background it's one of those ones where you can cross over 
and that can not only help with your uh, with your mental state when you're about to get in a fight. And if the you, relaxation. If you stop breathing, then you can't be relaxed. But if you can keep breathing, not only be relaxed, you'll have energy to keep going. Mm-hmm. But also like adjusting for strikes and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It ain't gonna Kicks, stop a sword, whatever. folks. It ain't gonna stop a bullet. <laughs> it ain't that kind of thing. But you know, if you can, you know, if your brain gets the feedback and knows how to <clears throat> pump a little, exactly, know, a little air. You're doing a big crescent kick, and you start to learn how to use an actual muscle that you didn't realize was there prior to all this training and you can actually use your core to strengthen that kick to add a little bit more juice instead of lift your heavy leg and swing it over here right right um okay so i mean any other thoughts on that yeah i mean i thought about brick training like we do in in gal like put something heavy in your hands and do your form not so heavy that you hurt your back but yeah that you you're 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 straining your your arms well and, and you eventually can, your whole you can body get some brass rings that are heavy and then you start really conditioning your wrists and stuff because if you mm-hmm. throw a strike and you don't know how to do it right or you're not conditioned <laughs> to it that ring will fly out to the end of your arm and half break your thumb off yeah, yeah so hurts. you know there's all kinds of tricks you can do i mean i'm not going to recommend anything specific for you it's just you know it jumps from system and personal preference and feel free to write works. back and ask even more specifics if you have you yeah know. yeah absolutely so he finishes up. Uh, obviously, I haven't caught up on all the episodes yet, so I do not know yet if you had covered either of these. We, we've covered them piecemeal. Yeah. So, uh, again, both of those may deserve a more specific treatment later on. Thanks all, and keep up the great, fun work. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right. Next one. Marcus Linda. Probably Lind. Uh, he writes... Just listened to episode 41, and you guys fucking made me happy. I met this Tony Anthony dumbass myself once. Uh (laughs) It's like one guy from a Christian bookstore invited him to hold up to speeches. Uh, You'll see why it's written like this a little later. Once inside a Christian community and one open to every one inside a Christian community and one open to everyone in the uh, uh, atrium, I'll just translate, of a Christian school. Of course, some of my in-laws had to go, had to give me his big book of nonsense just because I practice and teach Tai Chi for over a decade. <laughs> so I read this Shaw Brothers, Jason Bourne, Monte Cristo blend <laughs> piece of shit <laughs> and went to both of the speeches. The guy who invited him called me before that because he saw me on a martial arts forum, so he knew I resident resided in the area and told me he'd introduce me. I have to admit that his first speech was made for real hardcore Christians, and I did even like it a little because he brought up some self-defense stuff found in the Bible. I wouldn't consider myself to be Christian, but since I was born into a Christian culture, dot, 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 dot. However, I, uh, I, however, I'd be Christian, but since I was born into, oh, wait, however, however I'd be Christian. Less, yeah. However, I have less of a problem with God than I have with his ground personal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading this as it's written as best I can. After the speech, I was introduced to him as a Tai Chi master. What kind of a fucked up feeling being called that way? Ha ha. (laughs) And and he gave me his hand. Short sleeve shirt. No brandings on his forearm. Not the smallest sign. Got to flip a page here. Hang on. My hands are dry. Not the smallest sign of energy. Since I'm German, I have no good way to explain what I mean. I mean that kind of holy crap he's got me type of feeling when you get close to people like William C.C. Chen or other guys who have been in the arts for some years. No structure. And when I asked him if it was true, he said, yeah, every word. And we even left some things out so there, so it wasn't too brutal. What? What are we talking about there? His talking book? about his book. I gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Oh, the Jason Bourne Monte Cristo. Uh, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No fucking sign of anything in the arts. Judo guys have thick thumbs. Boxers have hands so thick you can't see the knuckles anymore. Gong Fu guys are somehow relaxed. Nothing. So he's still talking about his handshake. Mm. <laughs> Next evening, I went to his other speech with more than a thousand people. Joining me was a 72-year-old Italian Catholic priest I always like to chat about Taoism with. Get it? <laughs> I love the way this is written. <laughs> and after the typical yada yada, he claimed to be taught in Tai Chi Chuan. <laughs> he didn't even fucking know how to pronounce it properly, just like all the other Chinese terms he used. This guy's a fucking liar, and I'm freaking out because I'm so happy it's finally proven. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for making me day while I was so pissed because I have to keep on digging beside my house to repair the tubing in the ground. <laughs> I like this guy. Yeah. I like this guy. Love this guy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yippee-i-a, that fucker is sold out, I hope. <laughs> By the way, I really enjoy your show because you guys have fun in a world. Teachers and students spend too much time on self-punishment instead of growing to be a good guy. Mm, Keep nice. it up. I hope mm. you understand what I wrote. Me English is far from good, I guess. Well, okay. I think your English was just, just fine. fine. Awesome. We got it. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that little news item back from episode 41 really made your day. <laughs> right, right. That's great. Yeah, cheers. And, and keep up uh, teaching uh, the Thai tree. <laughs> and kudos, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a dick when it comes to pronunciation. I do call people out when it comes to the Chinese words, so. That was nice to hear, too. Yeah, yeah. No, his Chinese is probably at least as good as ours. It's just his English is a little fuzzy. Right. Way better than my German, though, so I've got... That's my, like me. My Chinese is way better than my English. Yeah. <laughs> and even that's not so hot. That's right. All right, I think we got one time for one more here. Let me see. Do I have two? No, oh, it's just one. Good deal. All right, this comes from Robert. Subject, training with limited time. Mm. Hey. Uh, I would come back around. It sounds like something we need to address more thoroughly than we have. Mm -hmm. says, hi, guys. My name is Robert, and I'm writing from San Diego, California. I stumbled across your podcast two weeks ago, and since then I've listened to every episode. Holy shit, that's a Woo! lot of us to deal <laughs> with in two weeks. Kudos. We can't listen to ourselves that much in two weeks. Um, I appreciate what you guys do for people like me who can't train as much as they want to. Well, I'm in that club right now myself. Uh, I have a few questions, but first let me give you a quick background. I work in law enforcement and have been training in various martial arts for the past 10 years, mainly Krav Maga. My job demands that I stay in top shape and know how to defend myself. However, I work 10-hour days and sometimes up to nine days straight. Wow. This leaves little room for training. I can only train one day a week at my local MMA gym. The rest of the week, I practice only the few techniques that I learn in one day, trying to perfect them. As of now, I can only get about six hours of training and exercise in a week, usually without a partner or instructor. Any downtime I have at work is spent listening to yours and other podcasts, reading books, and watching videos. Do either of you have any tips that may help me advance in my techniques and conditioning with the little time that I have? The things I may be learning are necessary for my line of work as they may need to save my life or the life of another person. <coughs> page flipping, sorry. Dry hands, sorry, sorry, page flipping. <laughs> Due to the nature of my job, I am much more likely to get into a tussle. And when it happens, it's not usually in a training environment. I also believe that I am asking for all law enforcement personnel that have the type of schedule that I do. 
So basically, he's asking, you know, if you guys want to write in and say, yeah. can you do it, let us know. <clears throat> Any response would be greatly appreciated. I am thankful for the information that you have provided already. I know it can't be easy to take the time out of your week to make those podcasts. Keep up the great work. <laughs> thanks for writing in. Yeah. As always, thanks for writing in. Um, well, this is something I'm very sympathetic to myself right now because literally my training is in the toilet because I'm working 84-hour weeks. Sometimes it runs for 10, 12, 14, 16 days in a row working that schedule. And then again, when you do get a day or two off, yeah, that's not what you really your other feel respons- like doing. Yeah, your other responsibilities come rushing in, and mm-hmm. you got to take care of that. Right. Plus, you're tired as a motherfucker. Right. You know, <laughs> it really takes. Like, I'm glad I got two days off this time and was able to train both days, get a little training in. Hmm. But it didn't have to happen, and it probably wouldn't have. Maybe if we didn't have company and right, right. get out and about. <laughs> so, you guys. Any off-the-cuff tips? And we've touched on some of this, but anything off-the-cuff you can throw out there for this? And then I'll throw in my two cents. I think one of the, the, the clues to me is, is what you said is that, first and foremost, you know, you use this on the job, not just for your job, but to keep yourself safe and also those who, you know, civilians that you need to protect and all that good stuff. That is priority number one. So when it comes time to training, you have to prioritize just with anything. You have you have a limited amount of resources, this being time. So you have to spend the most amount of that small amount of time doing what's most important, has the biggest return on investment. And this guy is lucky in a way because he has a job that requires a certain amount of this mm-hmm. to be present. And that job is feedback. That job will tell you what you need to focus exactly. on and what you can leave aside for now. Mm-hmm. So... Go for the high probability stuff. Yeah. I mean, another thing I would throw in is I, I found as my time has dwindled because of the new kid in the work schedule, I go back to basics, man. I really oh, yeah. go down and I just, you know, I'm obsessed with single changes now. Mm-hmm. And it's really helping my martial arts overall in a way, at least my understanding. I'm not, if I don't have the hours training to be advancing physically right, right. now. But what I can do is deepen the knowledge that I already have. Mm-hmm. And all that tying together by going back to the basics, I think, is a great way to sort of help yourself progress, even when you may not be progressing. Yeah, I, literal for sense. me personally, um, you know, I, Northern Shaolin, we, we do all this, you know, super fancy forms and all that. I don't have the, uh, I have a lot of time, but not to train. You know, I'm busy doing other stuff. So when I do find myself training, oddly enough, I'm doing stance work. I'm doing not just sitting in one stance, you know, holding a nice long horse stance. Yeah, that's great to build up strength in the legs, get a little heat on and all that. But then just pivoting into a bow stance, just towing out one foot and doing that. And then just talking about different flavors of what turns first. Is it the foot? Do I lean into it? Do I lean my shoulder into it first? Do I kind of, you know, wind up the, the, the pressure and then pop? let it out and what i've found the is variety of mindfulness and practice we were talking about earlier. exactly yeah and that has become awesome because when i'm then teaching class and this is me prepping just trying to stay myself in shape as a as a fighter and, and being able to have the martial application knowledge so when i'm teaching my students an application oftentimes the oomph the bit where the student goes oh my gosh how'd you do that has very little to do with what i'm doing with my hands the technique it usually has to do with I'm juicing it from ground up, you know, and that only came from focusing on, I only have an hour in three days and I'm just working on this. Yeah. The basics basically. Right. So you can re you can reinforce 
if you have to let something go, let the newest thing you learn go. Yeah. Always go back and shore up your foundations because that's the wellspring from which everything else flows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got something, Aaron? No, I'm just nodding my head with everything you guys <laughs> okay. are saying. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Good, I love a yes man. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're not, not no, bobbing your head because I can see you. The high probability, like what are you most likely to deal with? What mm. are the techniques that are going to help you deal with those right. high probability things and going back to your basics yeah. and going back to your structure because mm-hmm. it's, it's all structure if you lose your structure come back to structure where, yeah right where is yeah. that if you spend all your time trying to maintain the newest fanciest thing you learned but That's your horse stance goes completely to shit in the meantime then you're really not going to have the foundation to use it if you have to so exactly. go back to the basics mm-hmm. and basics are just the most advanced thing in any system is just a refinement of the basics. Yes, they are. Or a combination a of variation, or a tweak or whatever. Or, yeah. yeah. So as long as you keep those basics solid, everything else will have room to work for yeah. you. And uh, I've, you know, sort of been in that situation, law enforcement doing animal control and stuff. And, and you'll, you know, it's different for a police officer. It's different for a security guard. There's different stuff, you know. Security guards usually don't have Rottweilers running at them, but I rarely had people shoot at me. So, you know, there's, <laughs> there's different stuff you got to deal with, but you'll see what comes up over and over again in your daily life. Yeah. So if you're, if you're prepping for safety, focus on that, focus on your basics, and you should be fine until you get a little more free time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and definitely uh, y'all listeners out there, take him up on his invitation. If, if there are some of you law enforcement cats out there who are listening to the podcast, yeah. write in and Maybe help, there are help resources within law enforcement itself. You know, they have mm-hmm. trainings or things like that you can go to that could help bolster That would be them. great. Yeah. And not just locally, maybe there's some sort of network thing. I don't, who knows? You know? Exactly, exactly. Y'all know, so help help this brother out. Yeah, it's all about y'all, so mm-hmm. y'all help us out. That's right. I'm from Tennessee. I don't even say y'all. <laughs> I'm from Georgia, and I say y'all. Yeah. It's uh, all about yuns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't trip off the How about yous? <laughs> yous guys. <laughs> All right, well, folks, I think, uh, you know, you guys have heard plenty of my children opening and closing gates and screaming as they got out of the bathtub, mm-hmm. so you see what we're dealing with here, but <laughs> I just want to say here at the end, oh, one thing I do want to mention, uh, there hasn't been a Marshall Brain on the last couple of episodes. Oh. I actually do have a couple of those left, but uh, Jeff, you know, get back in touch with me. I know I've been off the radar. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> We love you, Jeff, and we'll definitely slip in one of those Marshall brains on the next one. Definitely. Um, I've just uh, been out of touch with everyone. I've got people who have been great resources for booking guests who have been like, hey, Dave, you should interview this guy. And sometimes I feel bad because I've been like, oh, yeah, I'm really busy right now, but I'm going to get to that in a week. And then the next week, I'm twice as busy as I was the week before. Some of that stuff has just dropped off. My apologies sincerely to Michael DeMarco and Steve and all those other people who have said, hey, you should really talk to this person. Here, look at their new book. All right. Ah, man, it kills me. But I have tried to put it off, fit it in, do that. While I'm on these insane schedules, especially during the spring, summer, and early fall months, I just, I, I, That's pretty much I owe it to people. No, no, I get, sometimes I get two straight months in a row off, so I intend to bank interviews when I do that, when I have time and flexibility, but for now, I'm making hay while the sun is shining, so please don't hate me, and please be willing to refer me again in the future, but I I owe it to people to give them flexibility of timing, and for them to know that when I say, okay, we're going to do an interview here, not only will I at least be half-ass prepared, I'll be there on time, all that stuff, and I just, I can't do it right now so what you're going to get when you get a podcast from us and you will continue to get them 
is me and a motley crew of co-assortments coming on, talking discussion topics, talking about the input that you give us and stuff. And uh, the the bookings will resume for interviews uh, when morale improves. That's right. (laughs) Nicely done. When I have a little more time so I can do it right, because it's one of those things from day one, I always wanted to do that right, or at least as professionally as I possibly could. And just... Editing, worrying about sound quality when you're doing it. It's, it's a complicated mess if you don't have enough time to do it right. We've talked to people in Taiwan and Australia booking those things. Hong Kong. Across, yeah. yeah. All those, making times work out for that. You have to have flexibility that I just don't have right at the moment. And that's so. the thing with farts. It's hard to fart in a general direction. <laughs> oh, God. My thing went to sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Much better than mine. Yeah. Well, on that B flat, <laughs> guys. Anything else you want to say? It's great to have you in town once again for your summer visit. Thank you. Come in. Got to pick up some boss show. You got a little mm-hmm. newness to take back with him. A little mm-hmm. something else to practice. Yep. Yep. That was weird because I have no damn time and I don't practice much right now. So <laughs> I think he's got a little bit out of oh, it. Yeah, always. And uh, Craig, it's good to have you back in the hot seat again. Good to be in the hot the seat. The listeners are always writing. I've, I've uh, neglected to read all the emails that are like, when's Craig coming back? When's Craig? <laughs> <laughs> I miss me some Craig. Well, make sure you listen Craig to this episode, or otherwise you're missing it. Craig you know. is the loveliest of lovelies. Hey. <laughs> when I think Craig, I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant to hit the applause uh, button. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was parting in my general direction again. Uh, your father was a hamster and your mother smelt the elderberries. Elderberries nicely done. All right. All right. Well, from Lavash. Get the cow. Peace out. Yeah. All right. We're out of here, folks. Until next time when we see ya. Drop a Blue Oyster Cult concert. 14 years old. And I thought them lasers were a spider chasing me On my way home got pulled over In Rogersville, Alabama With a half ounce of weed And a case of Sterling Big Mouth My buddy Gene was driving me Just barely turned 16 And I'd like to say I'm sorry but we live to tell about it And we live to do a whole bunch more crazy, stupid shit And I never saw Leonard Skinner But I sure saw Molly Hatchet With 38 Special and the Johnny Van Zandt band On an empty stomach and drove over to a friend's house And I backed my car between his parents' Cadillacs without a scratch Crawled to the back door, slithered through the mail And I sneaked up them stairs and peeped in the toilet And I passed out and nearly drowned my sister Dee pulled me out I never saw Leonard Skinner, but I sure saw Molly Hatch. The band that I was in played, the boys are back in town. 
rest as they say is his So I never saw Leonard Skinner But I sure saw Ozzy Osbourne Brand new roads in 82 Right before that plane crash And I never saw Leonard Skinner But I sure saw ACDC 